0: pod 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 rugby pod And welcome along to this week's Rugby Pod. And we've got a huge announcement to start the show. As you know, Guinness have been good friends of the pod over the last couple of seasons. And this season, they're going to be our headline partner. We'll be coming to you each week in proud partnership with Guinness. And we're running competitions, ticket giveaways, and organising events throughout the season with them. And lots more to come. So keep an eye on social media. Uh, but a big thanks to Guinness. And we're looking forward to a massive season made of more. Nice, Andy Roe. I see what you've done there. Made of more. Get it? Mm-hmm. That's Guinness Is tagline. And they're uh, also supporting us this week uh, for our first live show of the season. It's at O'Neill's in Soho on Thursday. Uh, there's still a few tickets left, um, so get on to eventbrite.co.uk if you fancy coming along to that. And uh, you might get your hands on one of the last ones. Have you guys been anyway? You been well?
1: More importantly, it's good to have you back. Thanks, guys. I've Thanks. had to referee this idiot here against the other, other idiot, Joe Marla. That was it? Uh, it was tough, mate.
2: It was tough. We got to number one, Andy Rowe. Did right. you, you, you? What do you mean, did we? You know. <laughs> <No>. you without, <laughs> uh,
1: without Andy Rowe, we were number one. And you timed it well, because we haven't been able to speak about New Zealand getting hosed by South Africa. I know. He, wants yeah. to, he doesn't want to talk about it at all, does he? Not really. There we go. What have you guys been up to? What have you been up to, Jim? What do you mean? What have I been up wow. to? Wow. What have you been, have you
2: been doing? Mate, I've had, a, I've had a, a, a busy-ish weekend. Doing What? Oh, we are just moving about and moving stuff like where? That. Mate, I'm not telling you. He's come back to England, hasn't
1: he? <laughs> <laughs> he's back living in England, isn't he?
2: Where uh, he belongs.
0: Wow. Because no he's more. English.
1: England till
0: I
2: die. <laughs> I'm England till I die. So the,
1: the dream of living in Scotland lasted about six weeks.
2: Getting mobbed. Getting mobbed every day It's just not unsustainable. So um all out ruggers for you, Goody or what?
1: Um no, not really. Uh did a dinner on Saturday night, did a sky game. Charity dinner? Uh charity, yeah, it was charity, my Paid? charity. Yeah, straight into my bank account. <laughs> Charity and paid. Um, That's handy Good in one. But no, it, I had a big debate with my missus over the weekend.
2: Was it start. about the nanny or not? Uh,
1: no, no. It was about, uh, as a guy, you know, we've had this debate about which way you wipe your ass front yeah. to back, back to front, through the legs, whatever Jim yeah. does, weird. Just pull the nutsack, left and wipe. So is there nothing more satisfying? Yeah, you know, the kid, pull the what? <laughs> isn't it you know you go to the bathroom the kids are screaming and all this and there's things to do and you just need your man time right don't you you just drop the kegs and whip your phone out get your phone out and you can sit there you can sit there for an hour comfortably yeah and my missus like i just don't get it so you 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 go in there for a dump i'm like yep she goes and you're in there for sometimes up to an hour she's like do you actually continually or is it done in five seconds and you just sit there i'm like well, yeah, just sit there and read, and you know, get a bit of peace and quiet. It's man time. Do you? Well,
2: no, you're mm. lying there because. Do you do the same? Or you, the, uh, the stomach cramps you must experience with the state of your <laughs> the state of your intestines. I can imagine you being there for an hour.
1: But you sit there, don't you? Yeah. Men, all we all sit there for ages, don't we? Yeah, I think and we just enjoy the mm, process.
2: I think we wipe maybe two, three times more than the women. Yeah. I, I don't know that for sure. I've never seen seen my wife wipe. <laughs> <laughs> But I just think, me I, I just that, think we do.
1: It did get me thinking, are all blokes the same like that? So let us know on Twitter or whatever. And then she went, I am interested. If you finished after a couple of minutes, do you flush there and then or do you just let it fester? you just sit there and let it fester, right? Never. Are mine all, are, all mine are massive.
2: I have to... I, I go, I go, and then I flush straight away. I have blocked many a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look at the size of me. <laughs> look at the size of me. Yeah. So I'm really... I'm like a toilet snob. You know, like a toilet on a train, can't go. No, no, no. Cannot I, I go. only go at home. If I need to go, I've got to go. Really? But I hate... I've got like... I'm a toilet snob. Yeah, I if, to I, do if, I, I, if I block, block a public toilet, I've walked out of the toilet and someone's waiting to come in, yeah. and I have to say that toilet's blocked. And then even though I've been <laughs> I actually wait yeah. for another toilet to kind of make out that it wasn't me, even though I don't know the stranger. I don't know why. i so you I'm just weird. hang out with people
1: in the toilets? <laughs> <laughs> you weirdo.
2: Like at an airport, for yeah. example, where the, obviously the, you just don't get a long flush at an airport, do you? It's like yeah. airport, these automatic flushes. Mate,
1: doing dumps at the airport. Well, when you've got to go, you've got to go. Nah, you just got to time your body clock, mate. So I'm morning and then when I get home from work. Yeah, when you've, had a, when you've had a
2: curry at midnight, no wonder you can go in the morning.
1: Exactly. Anyway. We better talk rugby, shall we? <laughs>
0: Uh, thanks very much also to Rugby Pass for their help with the pod again this season. You can watch the video of this very podcast on the site as well um, as Jim's Rugby Explorer program. And there's loads more content, such as a Great Concussion documentary, which was released recently. So check it all out on RugbyPass.com. We'll get into the premiership action shortly, but we're going to start with the Guinness Pro 14 this week. And we've got the biggest name in the league on the line to chat to us. John Kearney. thanks for joining us.
3: Hi lad, thanks for having me on.
0: George Clooney. Is that stuck or not?
3: Um, to be honest, I'm, I'm pretty that. I'm really liking that name, but it's just a bit awkward because I think my mum's a bit of a fan of him, so I don't really want to
2: Oh, name. your mum likes George yeah, Clooney? I
3: think so, yeah. So a bit awkward at
1: home.
2: Well, I just showed Goody a, a close-up picture of you, and he said that you were a 10 out of 10, like my good self, so... Um, <laughs> I didn't say like a... you, Jim. I
1: said he's a good-looking boy. <laughs>
3: um, <laughs> maybe if I had a few more of your inches, maybe. Yeah, oh, definitely, mate, definitely. Like,
1: uh, Jim is hung like a squirrel. Um, talking about nicknames, uh, I've been told by a few players that you like to call yourself the slot machine yeah any um, reference that you want to describe to our listeners I
3: think it's more of my uh, schoolmates just they're saying because I've been smacking all my kicks that I'm oh, <laughs> I love it
2: <laughs> mate talking about your kicking uh single handedly won also the first few games of the season signed a big contract I, I mean talk, you're welcome yeah exactly off the back of that but how's it been how's it been this season for you um, we just saw you picked up a massive scar on your head as well so full collection of everything but the start of the season for you personally
3: yeah I think I'm trying to emulate the old uh, Joe Marler dodgy barn at this moment with that cup but uh, yeah I, I should be back this week hopefully but it, it's been an exciting first few games um, I didn't really want it to go down to that close at the end but I've been enough over the last few years so you kind of want to be in those scenarios where give those opportunities to try and win the game
1: so. and you look at the game at the weekend uh, obviously you've slotted a load of kicks to win the game with the last kick but fair play Billy Burns slotted over a conversion to level it um, mm. something about your kicking coaching it must be on a hell of a whack as well the kicking coaches over at Ulster yeah,
3: isn't yeah he sent me an article the other day it's something I actually practice a lot I've been reading the book uh, it's called golf is a game of confidence it's just about golf swing and the importance of the mental aspect of the game so I'm pretty chilled with the way I kick as well and I think Billy, it's rubbing off a bit on Billy so uh, yeah he slotted that one at the last minute to give us that goal. so it's pretty important
2: And you mentioned that scar on your head uh it went out on social media how many stitches do you actually have in that?
3: Uh, nine Oh, mere scratch. Oh,
2: mere, mere scratch. Mere, mere, mere scratch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you've landed back today, uh, today being Monday, uh, from South Africa. How was the trip? Did you boys get to go out on safari? I saw the Glasgow guys were all out on uh, safari walking up tabletop mountain and they got absolutely hosed. What about you? Like, Do you get any downtime?
3: Um, sure, I didn't play the game so I had a pretty chilled week. Kind of more of a coaching type role last week. But yeah, it was 30 hour travel back I think so pretty tired today we just got back yesterday at like 4 o'clock so I was just relaxing today trying to get the recovery in but uh, it was a pretty long journey
1: and then just looking at obviously the start of the season has been pretty impressive off the back of what was a tough year last year Dan McFarlane's made a big impact hasn't he?
3: yeah he's had a huge impact I I was lucky enough to have him in contact before so I know what he's like it's been a dream start for him 4 out of 4 no no losses anyway so it's shown the impact he's had on the squad now
2: and you're a Leinster boy through and through Um, the opportunities weren't there for you uh, at the beginning. Like, Do you look at their success and what they've done over the last couple of years with kind of any bitterness or are you just happy to be playing more for Ulster and hopefully getting more opportunity with Ireland?
3: Um, no, I'm just I'm happy with the route. It's happened. Obviously, I would have liked to be a bit more playing Salem, but I was just thinking there would be a bit of a toss-up between me and you for most titles won for tennis played. So I was lucky enough to win a few titles there, but I didn't actually play much. there's There's nice end to win in Connors after that. So yeah, it's, it's been a journey, but one I wouldn't probably
1: change there. You're talking to someone that knows everything about playing zero minutes and winning wow. loads of trophies, Jim Hamilton here. You're did welcome. It, did it for Saracens for years. <laughs> um, obviously, you got your second cap uh, for Ireland uh, in the second test against Australia in yeah. June. Um, there's obviously massive depth at Scrum Half now in Ireland with yourself, Connor Murray, Marmion and McGrath as well. Tell us about the, the challenges that are there and, and where do you see the autumn going? Uh,
3: yeah, I, I know them all very well. So we the the quality is really there at the moment, so kind of putting us all on the press perform each week, so I'd be lying if I say I don't watch. I share games every weekend to see how they're going. So yeah, it's, it's competitive, but it's uh, the World Cup now coming up. So I'm hoping to make that plane, and uh, I'll, I'll do what I can.
2: I just wanted to ask something as well, uh, George, if I may. Um for the stuff that you've, you've done off the pitch about around the mental health thing, tackling your feelings, the campaign that's come out. Can you just tell us a little bit about kind of how that came about and the profile now has been raised, obviously, with you speaking about it?
3: Yeah, I was just approached by them more. just They kind of wanted to relaunch it up north and they just thought with uh, re- resilience or something like that, just the you know, ups and downs I had, that I'd be good to kind of set it up here. So I uh, just ended up doing the thing with BBC. where are driving around. and I'm a pretty happy-go-lucky guy, but... Obviously, sometimes you just want to talk about things going on with I just made a decision when I was in Connecticut just to go see someone, just talk day to day and know things that were bothering me and kind of made a big difference. And after that, I kind of tried to look into psychology, and it's, it's probably something that would have been a workout for me. And it's probably one of my biggest strengths now. So. Yeah, it's, it's just kind of talking about what's going on with me and not holding things in. It's just something that helped me and hopefully it can help others.
2: And it, has that been well received on social media? Has anyone got in contact with you since you've uh, come out and started talking about these things and being open about it?
3: Yeah, definitely. A few people tweeted saying uh, uh, it's good to see or rugby uh, certain important individuals coming out about that type of thing. And I wouldn't say I you struggle know, with any type of depression or anything like that, but... It's just everyone has bad days and everyone has good days. and It's just, it's just nice to get a different perspective or even break down your personality. So I, I just find it very beneficial.
0: All right. Thank you very much for your time there, George Clooney, the slot machine. <laughs> Enjoy the rest of the uh, Guinness Pro 14 and um, best of luck trying to crack that um, Island squad for the World Cup as well.
3: Thanks very much. Thanks for having me on. Cheers, Cheers John. Thanks for having mate
1: takes quite a lot to talk about that as well, doesn't it? Fair play to him. It's you know it's not a weakness to be able to put your hand up and say, I need some help. So I think it's a brilliant thing.
2: Well, I was really impressed with him for the first few games that I watched. I didn't know much about him before. And then after they beat Edinburgh with the last kick of the game, which it was his second week consecutively that he actually did that, Dan McFarlane came on and got interviewed at the end. And then I think offline, he actually said he's never worked with a guy that is more confident in taking a kick at goal. He's like, I ain't going to miss. And he said it's genuine as well, mm. with that confidence. But that confidence is worked on, like you just said there. When you took a kick, I, I think I, if if I could kick, <laughs> obviously I can't. If I could have kicked, you volleyed people in the head. Yeah, so that was easy. You didn't have to think about okay. it. The
0: similar thing for you would be taking a high ball from a kickoff. or something. Yeah, I knew I was dropping it. <laughs> I knew
2: I was dropping it. But w- w- so every single kick, and you've got to be in the zone. So someone like that, or when you did it, or when Wilkinson or when Farrell does it. Are you, are you comparing me with those two? Thanks, Jim. No, no, I'm talking, about, I'm talking <laughs> about the guys at the very top of the game, but surely your mind must wonder. Surely Horrible. you must be thinking, what's happening tonight? Like, Or, you know, if I miss this, I'm done. If I kick this, I'm an absolute legend. Like, Did, yeah. did anything ever...
1: Well, first and foremost, I never put the... Ball on the tea and I thought, "What am I doing tonight? What am I having never, for dinner? Never, never, no.
2: You must have thought about what you're having for dinner. Oh, wait,
1: yeah. it depends. Depend, well, probably dinner, yeah. Subconsciously, no. Generally, you put the ball down on the tee. Sometimes I'm, I could, I could put it on the tee and know that it wasn't going over <laughs> Gen- generally when you're yeah. in that horrible rut you're like "Oh, I, no chance and, the, and it didn't it didn't go over then the, the flip side of it there's plenty of times when i put the ball on the tee going, and i could do this with my left foot and it'd go over because you're that confident you know I, I go back to some games you think about them i think back to we played exeter at it was when i was at wasps and we played at adams park and i had possibly the worst game of my career and i had a few I couldn't kick a barn door to save my life. It was you know, missing kicks, kicking kick-off straight out. If I was Dai Young, I'd have taken me off at half-time. I was playing like an absolute donkey. Uh, and Di le- kept me on there. And then about the 70th minute, I got a couple over. You get the ironic cheers from the crowd. And then last play of the game, we are camped on a, their 10-metre line. And I stood, like, stand in the pocket, withdrawing at the time, and slot the best drop goal I've ever hit in my life. In my thought process of going for a drop goal, I was like, I just take your time and welly it as hard as you can, because you can't be any worse than you've... Been already today. So if you miss, you've not, it's not the end of the world. And I hit it sweeter than any drop well I've ever hit in my life. And it went through and we win the game. So it's as a kicker, and you talk about mental health and all this stuff, the thoughts that go on in your head, and Johnny Wilkinson's talked a lot about this, it's brutal. And the only way to get out of a bad rut is get on the training field, just spend an hour, two hours just kicking and getting in a groove, which, you know, there's, there's, there's times of the season, every kicker goes through it. You're looking at the post going, no chance.
2: Yeah, but what I'm saying about John, I know the mental health stuff isn't necessarily about him kicking at goal, but I think it's it's great that high-profile players come out and start speaking about that. Me and Gudi um, have spoken a little bit about it away from the podcast are not we in terms of the guys and the girls that listen to the podcast and that might be struggling is there anything that we can do to talk about it and raise awareness because we are passionate and, and you know we, we have a crack on air and we have a crack in life but you know the days there are days when you wake up and you're like oh, I'm fucked today or you know I'm not feeling great today it's a very normal thing and we've mentioned about trying to find some way you know and influence something where it is comfortable to speak about yeah. them things so it's tough
1: retiring from top level sport as well yeah a lot, of play, yeah. a lot of players struggle with it. It's really hard. So players that are listening, and it, it, don't be too proud. Just get your hand up and say, I need some help. Speak to your best mate. Speak to anyone.
2: Yeah, me and Kelly Brown spoke about it. Mm. I don't know if we spoke about it on the podcast, but we worked out this kind of analogy I did uh, in, in my ridiculous mind, is that for me personally, at the end of my career... And I was obviously doing the podcast and we were joking a lot about it, but I'd had enough of playing. I'd had enough of playing. I'd had enough of training. I'd, I'd had enough of the banter at training. I'd had enough of the testosterone fueled sessions banter. I couldn't wait to get away. And I know Saracen's used this Wolfpack mentality. I couldn't wait to get out of it. You know, not because I hated Saracens, but I just had enough. Like, I was having to raise my standards to train, raise my standards to bloody walk into the changing room. My body was that battered. And then I've gone away, lone wolf. See what I've done there? So I've gone away, lone wolf, into a new world where I'm on my own. So from being in a group with the guys, every single day of your life, banter, testosterone, ruggers the lot and I've gone away and just done my own thing completely and I'm on my own so I'm now on my own 80% of the day you've um, you got kids mate you. I don't see them <laughs> I don't see them whereas Kelly goes on to coach the academy and the way that he said it is that the Wolfpack's still there but he's he's picking up the cones he's mopping up the, the you know the slops from the outside so he can still see in and I think that that's where he found it tougher initially in that instance because you're part of something and then you're kind of out of it and mm. the next you know the next dogs are in there doing what they do it's great that players are talking about yeah, it it is yeah that, that's the point in all this
0: well you two have been both very fortunate with your post careers uh with your commentaries and um jim you've been keeping a close eye on the guinness pro 14 what, what have you made of the rest of the games
1: let's just start for the scottish team shall we jim oh yeah oh wow whitewashed oh whitewashed wow. for one what's play. going on in scotland what do you say about cockers off air
2: I said that he's doing a good job Oh He's Mate, bottom, the, the bottom of the table the table This year was always Going to be harder for Edinburgh But they've had a tough start Haven't they They had two tough away games At the Ospreys first up Then over to Ulster Both games Could have won in the last minute Beat Connor at home uh, last week, and then they went to Leinster. They, you know, and, they, and we bagged Ospreys for making a load of changes when they got absolutely hosed by Munster. And then Edinburgh, a little bit similar, uh, went to Leinster, who looked very good at the weekend. They barred up,
1: didn't they? James
2: yeah. Lowe, how good is he? Yeah, on the wing. But Edinburgh in the game for a large part of it, but Leinster was just too physical.
1: And Glasgow, how did they get on? Oh, they are they're oh, all, all, all at Tabletop Mountain, weren't Southern they? Southern Kings. <laughs> the Ooze. The Southern Kings have won one Oop, game before Oop, this weekend Oop. in the Pro 14, apparently.
2: Yeah, okay. So the Scottish teams have struggled for once this weekend, Goody, all in all. Dragons had a big win. Against? Against Zebra. The connacht Scarlets game was good. Connacht looked very, very good. Very physical. Cartier at 10. Looks very good. Cardiff Blues. Smashed <laughs> Munster. Smashed them. Yeah. Smashed them. I've been impressed with Cardiff this season, to be fair. Big win against Munster. But the big talking point, Pierre Schumann, it's the red card. Oh, of course it is. Yeah, yeah you've got red card. Red the card weekend. all day long. All day long. No, no chance. Are you joking? Okay, well, the, 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 I don't even want to chat about it anymore. I'm that exhausted with it all. But...
1: Mate, he's led. So you carry mm. the ball in one arm. Yep. Right. And he's led with a pointed elbow yep. on the other arm. That's a red card all day long. If you connect with his head, which he has done...
2: I think you could pick out 10 instances a game where you see that happening. Oh, you could,
1: but he's done it with force. Will Spencer ran the risk of a red card because he's hit high. So, Pierre Schumann has run the risk of getting a red card by leading with his elbow of the non-ball-carrying arm. If it doesn't hit his head, he doesn't get red carded.
2: Yeah, but if that elbow hits his chest...
1: Yeah, or, it's a yellow color, no, but, but, but you're talking
2: about like, literally millimetres. Look at Marla's at the weekend, I, the yeah, good Ma- friend of the show. And yeah, I, but and Ma- s- Marla's is a yellow. It's correctly a yellow. But he's, he's made contact with the guy's neck and his head. Not with force. What do you mean not, not, force? not with force? The, 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 the guys went down like a sack of spuds. Yorin, well, I, I massive... whatever his name yeah. is. Whatever his name? What's his name? Imagine being called Andy Piss. But I'm looking at it, Goody. And I'm not one for saying the game has gone soft. You're getting, The fans are coming out now. The game's tougher than ever The, in the game, of the contact. Of course so it is. Thought, the yeah. game's tougher than ever. Schumer's not got the ball and thought, right, he's running at me. I'm going to elbow him in the head.
1: No, he's not thinking that. But why are you sticking your elbow out? If
2: you're, if you're a coach... It's about space. So I'm going to tell you why I think. I think as a ball carrier, you're looking to manipulate the tackler. You're looking to find space. So... The, the, the most ideal situation with that will be a hand.
1: You should hand off with your hand. That's what it's, it's called. It's not called an elbow yeah, to but, the face yeah, off. Yeah, okay,
2: so but an elbow. But so, I, th- I think if the tackler's slightly further away than him or he's lower, he's going to use the hand. But the defenders come up so quickly on him that... You, you're protecting yourself. There's so many things that are happening you in that situation. You, you, I don't think he's led with the elbow to hit the guy on the head. The guy's he hit him de- high.
1: He hasn't deliberately done it. No, they're rugby instances, aren't they? That's what we're they're saying. Not, they're not rugby instances, but, but they are. Of course, they are. He is carrying and poking his elbow out. I think you could. It's blame. I, I, I
2: think you could blame the tackler for you going can't too blame high. The tackler.
1: You cannot blame the tackler. You cannot lead uh, in. in Years of rugby, you cannot lead with your elbow of your non-ball carrying arm. You I think you look. It.
2: I think you look. The amount of people that lead with the opposite arm to the ball that they're carrying with. Have a look at some of the carries. No, I, I agree. Have with a look you. at Kieran Reed. I agree. How with Kieran Reed carries the ball—it's ridiculous. Uh, Elizabeth. So now we're talking like world-class players. But you can only, you can what, only do I, it. I, I just
1: think it's unfortunate If that t- mm-hmm. tackler goes lower. Nothing happens. But you still yeah, but can't it, lead, this is, and this is the coaching point, you still can't lead, with your, you shouldn't be able to lead with the point of your elbow of your non-ball-carrying arm. Okay. If you've got the ball in that front arm, you've got every right to carry it into contact. But everyone's coached to carry it in one arm and use your other arm to bosh people off. That's where you run the risk. I just think you, you look at it, off.
2: no one's been hurt in the Schumann run. Mate, has been hurt by Mahler, he who's he was clipped in with the forearm. I think that they've, you know, they're similar instances, in my opinion. One's been yellow-carded, one's been red-carded. So there we go. That's the talking point from the Guinness Pro 14.
0: Well, let's get into the Premiership now. leicester Worcester, what a game. Unbelievable. I couldn't
2: believe it. I was watching the Sarri's game and the score was coming through. I was... How have Worcester gone there and done that to them up to last time? Did well, you watch it or not? Uh, I only watched a bit I've, of I've highlights.
1: seen a fair bit of it now. And Jordan Murphy said it after the game. He said, we didn't look like a Premiership team. You're saying that. You've got internationals in that team splattered throughout it, haven't you? It's kind of weird because you change your coach after the first game... And they got the result against Newcastle uh, the first week Jordan was in charge. Emotional game. And you always see, as a sporting team, you change the coach, you always see an upturn in performances and results for a, a week at least and then see how long it lasts for. For me, the reality of it is Jordan's got the job and I think 100% Jordan's the right person with the Leicester DNA to have the head coach's job and to keep it going forward. But they have got a young coaching group. And from what I heard, we had Ben Kay on here last week. The rugby committee at Leicester put a few parameters in that they wanted Matt O'Connor to to change over the summer and he didn't. And one of them was a defence coach. Yeah. Now you look at the four games that Leicester have played so far in the Premiership, they've conceded 158 points in four games. And you look at the players, you look at some of the tries that were scored by Worcester at the weekend, and a lot of the errors were by, you know, there's one where they've ghosted through in between Guy Thompson and, and Dave Denton, and then there's another one I think they've gone through Guy Thompson and Greg Bateman, and you look at the recruitment, and it's this, this isn't anything to do with the coaches, and I've said it over and over, their recruitment is they're now a mid-table team, it's a huge club, but the fans, and we're both ex-Leicester players, care about the club a lot care about Jordan Murphy massively want Leicester to do really well now, but ultimately they've, they're two or three years behind where they need to be and Leicester fans probably need to be a bit realistic and go we're not a dominant team anymore we're not a top of the table team we're not a they're going to struggle to make top four struggle to make top six this year
2: I, I just think they need to manage the expectations now exactly. we've spoken loads about Leicester I think we just got to let them go now and, and and carry on doing what they need to do to improve to get the culture right you know my best mate is there and he's taking on the D and Brett Deacon and he's a Fantastic coach, you know, but he was messed around a little bit. You know, Matty O'Connor comes in, changes the defensive systems. Brett Deacon comes in, does the line outs. Batewell comes in, changes the line out systems. And as a young coach, you just need consistency. And you're left now with a, a group of young coaches that need to be backed. Yeah, they might need to bring someone else in to help with the experience. Is Baitwell the man for the job? I don't know. I'm unsure, you know, because uh, at the minute we haven't seen anything that, that says yes. Um, but
1: is it, for me, that's, you know, how, what can Batewell do with a it, with it load of forwards that perhaps he hasn't got a massive influence? On, on signings, and, and Ben Kay sat in here last week, didn't he, saying this is the, the way the rugby committee works, and this is who's in charge, and you know, Jed Glynn doesn't necessarily make the decisions. Someone's responsible for Leicester's squad as a whole, as an entirety, and anyone that says on paper that squad is as good as and should be beating Saracens, Exeter, Wasps, the top three teams, and Saracens and, and Exeter are head and shoulders above all the teams in the Premiership. Yeah, Leicester are, and it pains me to say it, they're a mid-table quality team and they're in that pack of anyone, really, who are chasing Saracens, Exeter and and Wasps are the next best. After that, they're just just Leicester and it sounds horrible. They're just another club at the minute, aren't they? Yeah,
2: but mate, credit's got to go to Worcester two years in a row to win down there. Oh, massive. And they're obviously Leicester's bogey club. You know, we've spoken about them maybe struggling this year, but they've been in every game that they've played in.
1: Yeah. I love your stats there, Jim, because you, you talked about Worcester being Leicester's bogey team. Yeah. Until last year... When they won at Welford Road, they hadn't won there in 122 years. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh well, they're a bogey team now. They're a yes, bogey team now, now, then, aren't they? But okay. two
2: years in a row to win at Welford Road is, is, is uh,
1: yeah, it is massive. There's a lot of stuff off the field going on at Worcester at the minute in terms of the ownership and all that. There's a massive pressure on them. The day after Bristol go and beat Harlequins at home, so it's a hell of a performance.
0: Well, speaking of Worcester and the in the big win, we've now got uh, Warriors scrum half Francois Hogard on the line. Thank you very much for joining us
3: guys
2: nice to join you guys francois thanks for coming on i've got to ask one thing before we get into the ruggers so i've been known <laughs> dri- and i've been seen driving around cheltenham in me ford s max people carrier and I'm, <laughs> I'm seeing this black lamborghini every now and again around town does that
1: belong to you or not
4: yeah 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 it does my car <laughs> i've always just had a big passion for cars you know so just that one soft spot yeah
1: the lambo they must be paying you mega
2: bucks down at worcester <laughs> sponsored um, mate, let's just talk a little bit about the game. Then we'll get straight into it. Forget this Lamborghinis and Ford S Max. We like both of them, mates. Um, <laughs> huge, huge win. I just said to Goody there about Le- Leicester's bogey team is Worcester. He, he then said it's, it's been a tough place for you guys to go, but last year you won there, and then this year. I mean, what a what a win at the weekend for you boys.
4: Yeah, it's you know it's um, it's always special to win away, and you know the Walford Road makes it so much more special after after last year. You know, I think. You know, we haven't had a great start to the season. Obviously, three games on the bounce. And, well, yesterday's game was just one of those where it felt like everything, you know, went right. You know, passes, we didn't drop a lot of balls. There was mistakes in between. But, you know, I I couldn't choose a better day for things to go that way, you know. So, the guys are obviously, you know, in, in good spirits and very happy with the win and you know, I think everyone says that you've been working hard on the things you need to fix but I think it all came together yesterday.
1: And then just talking about your influence of Worcester, obviously you've come over over the last few years and, and single-handedly kept Worcester in the Premiership at times but I've got a stat for you here, buddy. Worcester got a 45% win ratio when you start and that drops to 15% when you don't start so in terms of contract negotiations, are you going in and saying, listen, this is the impact that I'm having, I need two Lambos now?
4: Nah, you know, I don't, I don't see, I don't want any credit on myself, I don't, when the team does well, that's when I'm happy. You know, I don't um, never go into anything saying it was because I was playing or so. You know, I, I want to help the club get somewhere. I want to, you know, every club says they want to get to top six or you know they've got their, their goals and wherever you know. So um, when we do well and and we win, that's when I'm happy. And I like to you know say that I'm a team man and I don't just play for myself. I think I do get judged a lot on, you know, whatever tattoos and all all of the rest and, you know, like the car story and all of that, but um, I don't like to take it on myself, you know, it, it's a you know it's a team sport it's 15-23 guys you and the team does well and we stay
1: up you know I'm, I'm happy with that I oh, know mate I completely agree and, and just to let you someone, someone used to play at Worcester and drive a Bentley Continental into the car park as well I can't <laughs> can't believe that you've topped it with a Lambo <laughs> and
2: Francois as well is I had a, I had a thing in my contract with Scotland if we won over 20% of our games I'd be getting given a Lambo but we were sitting at <laughs> about 15% so <laughs> uh, so I never got anything um, just a little bit on Worcester as well in terms of the, the coaching setup. there's been a lot of changes I know this stuff goes going- going on off the field in terms of ownership with the club but what's it, Alan Solomon's been like as a boss you know how different has it been with him in charge
4: yeah I've I played for him back in the day against the British and Irish Lions for the Southern Kings that's the first time I actually I actually met him and obviously you know knowing him coming into the club and stuff I think he's a very straightforward guy you know you he immediately says what he needs and he's not a very happy guy if he if he doesn't get what he asks of his players so it's it's been good you know we just need direction kind of thing we don't like you know don't, you know we try not to think and whatever goes around you know around the club or ownership that's got nothing to do you know in a, in a certain way um we don't want anything to do with it because you know that just takes our our focus and our attention away from the competition. And when you start worrying about things like that, you know, where we're we going to end up is at the bottom of the log. And, and obviously that's, that's what everyone fears. So I think, you know, if we can focus on our job and, and kind of play well, you know, the rest will follow. And, and um, you know, Alan's a great coach. I mean, the staff and everyone that he's brought in, obviously there's things that's still, you know, getting fixed and, and straightened out. But um, the guys are, are buying into it and, and working hard. So so everything's going going well so far.
1: And just going back to yourself, obviously playing over here in the Premiership, um, Rugby World Cup's a year away. Um, you're only 30. New coach with Razzie Erasmus. They had a great win, obviously, over New Zealand yeah. last week. Have you got any aspirations to get back into the mix there? Has Razzie been in touch at all? Or um, is it just suck it and see?
4: Yeah, you know how it has been in the past, I always, you know, the whole the two seasons overlapped and you know when you play for for say a club in 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 the UK like Worcester or um, any other clubs yeah, I could only join the test team 7 or 6 days before a test starts, So I could never have joined any camps or anything like that. So I was always at a bit of a disadvantage when it comes to preparation and all of that stuff and I never really had a decent break because you know when we play for the spring marks you come back you know, the club wants you because obviously where Worcester has been, you know, struggling and all that, and they want their players back as soon as possible, so I didn't really quite get that break, and I think three seasons in a row, I came back with a rotator cuff tear, groin tear, and you know, I, I think it was just a way of my body saying you know what, you need a bit of a break, and that's why I decided to commit to the club. You know, they've been great to me. Um, I really do love it yeah. And the facilities are great, the people you work with you know, you lose here yeah, and then you struggle. But, you know, we're so fortunate to have what we we've got here yeah. and, and um, you know, the Premier's is I would say one of the best or the best competitions in in rugby and it's it's you, you can't take your foot off the pedal in any of, you know, the games throughout the Prem, and that's, you know, that's really nice, you know, it's a, it's a great competition, and it's, um, I, I you know, I, I just take it as it comes. I, I just want to focus on, you know, playing here, yeah, and me and Rusty's got a, we got a great relationship. He's a, he's a great coach and, and so on, and we'll see when, when that time comes, you know, but for now I'm committed to the club and, and uh, you know, want to, want to make a difference with, with the Worcester
3: with Warriors
2: players Man that's great you mentioned the club as well and you mentioned the people and, and how tight you guys are just a, a, a word on Cornel Dupuis' injury obviously a nasty one in quite an innocuous challenge I texted him he said that he, you know he's doing well but from a guy yeah. on the inside how's that hit you guys and, and how's he doing? Oh
4: man it's, it's... You know, like, you know, you you become very close with your mates. And, you know, when it happened, obviously, when you're on the field, you, you, a guy goes off with an injury or something, you don't know what's going on. And it was a big shock afterwards hearing what, what happened. And um, there was a big period where he was under massive stress. He had to be transferred and he had to have a few operations and, and he was still under danger. And it was for the guys closest to him. His dad messaged me and, and because he couldn't get old, he couldn't come over here directly. And it was... It was tough to, you know, I, I messaged one of the other guys who, who actually played with him at Edinburgh and just to say to him, you know, just let his dad feel comfortable about where he is. And it's it's a shock for all of us. But I'm so glad that he's doing well. You know, we're we checking in um, at him, like, you know, checking how he's doing and, and all of that stuff the whole time so I think one of the main things he was concerned about is losing so much weight <laughs> he said he's, he's, uh, he can come to the back line now but yeah he's, he's doing really well he's a, he's a massive talent and he's a, he's a great player you know he's, and we're looking forward to having him we don't know when he's going to be back or, or back playing but yeah praying and, and uh, holding thumbs for him to, to come back stronger than ever
1: and then last question obviously you spend a lot of time at the club I played there a few, ago, a few years ago any pictures of me left up on the walls there just to celebrate a few victories or not so much <laughs>
4: oh they, they they've done a whole revamp with the club the <laughs> no club.
0: of course they have <laughs> Franz, thank you very much for your time mate best of luck for the rest of the season and um, yeah hopefully you can uh, maybe make that Springbok side next year
4: cheers guys thank you so much cheers, cheers mate enjoy
2: cheers. the Lambo. thanks for coming on Ch- Francois cheers Bert.
4: ciao mate
0: driving a Lambo
1: it's true, it's it true. I you, what ledge. It.
2: I rocked up in the Ford S Max kids are screaming in the back dogs farting in the back missus <laughs> is in there looking Farring around as well, well or not that, yeah missus is in there looking <laughs> around like what the hours my life come to Lambo rocks up at the traffic lights and I think I know who that is I fucking know that is. Do not put the window down. Window goes down. A bicep appears with a cool <laughs> tattoo. And it's France. So I literally, red light, I'm out of this. And can't get the missus looking at something like that. She said she didn't look. She looked.
1: Yeah, she did. But
2: 45%. Is that? Is that a stat, is it? it? Is 45%, 45% when he percent plays? 45% of the
1: games that he starts, and,
2: Worcester win. And they, they look a different team. Yeah. Superstar, would you say?
1: Oh, mate, he, he's X Factor. Yeah. you wouldn't he, believe. Yeah. The speed. He's obviously played internationally on the wing as well. Scrum off makes breaks with fun. I just go back a couple of years when Worcester were up shit creek without a paddle, and he was the paddle that came and yeah. saved them. And it's so you know humble of him there to say it's not about me, but you know he is the difference. Stats show that, and you know apart from driving a Lambo around, he seems like a top lad
2: Poor Ryan Mills, eh? That's a month's salary going in for one trip from Charlton to Worcester in the Lambo.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Should we have a look at uh, Bristol? Harlequins. Bristol's. Oh, yes,
2: please.
1: Oh, let's just pass on no, it.
2: No, yeah. no. Let's Joe, talk, Joe let's talk about it. Let's, I mean, I was just reading stuff about him single-handedly losing uh, no, the game. And now they're in a relegation fight. I mean, that isn't me saying that. This is just the people saying that. The people. Told you, though.
1: Told you Bristol looked good. Yeah. They look very good. And do you know the difference, actually? So we... I give them a bit... Not a stick, but... The way they played against Gloucester the week before was, in my opinion, pretty naive. Chucking it around from everywhere in their own... Try line, but that's all what lamb that that's what Lam wants. Yeah, it does. It absolutely hosed it down with rain. Quinn's mate their discipline was awful. Oh, mate. Um, mate it's a massive
2: challenge for Guzzy for Paul Gus start there. It's
1: huge. They dropped Marcus Smith and Did James Lang, James Lang, played Lang was playing a yeah. ten and he came off injured. And the Quinn's way of this high paced offloading game, it ain't all that. I, I I wrote about it in a column for Rugby Pass at the start of the season. I said, Quinns are we looking over their shoulder this year. It's hell of a battle and Quinns are right in the mix to when you look at the squad, go, hmm.
2: Well, we were chatting about it, weren't we? We, we were setting, Everyone was speaking about this Premiership being the most competitive. It isn't necessarily at the top, because Saracens and Exeter are running away with it. But it's the rest of the teams. You look at how bad Quinns have been. Newcastle have been poor. Sailor rock bottom. Leicester are, a bit, Leicester are rubbish at the minute. Bath. You know what I mean? It's, it, it, these, the rest of the teams, they're just not as good. There's the top two.
1: Then Wasps are the third best team. And then there's the rest.
2: I thought Gloucester, and I still think Gloucester will be top four, but Saracens absolutely annihilated them. The Hosed them. Hosed them. In, in in very windy conditions, Goody. Yeah. Um, I think the reason Saracens were so good is because they were worried about how good Gloucester have been in terms of physically. So Saracens were in defence. Saracens of old. I know they won the premiership yeah. last year, but yeah. they stumbled to that. But Saracens, a couple of years ago... <laughs> It just brought back memories of watching them play. You watched them play when you were at Saracens. Oh, you used here to watch he the lads <laughs> Oh, all right
1: then. <laughs> Go on, Marrow. Yeah. Oh, Go Marrow. on. We're Jim Hamilton. Scored two. Um, scored two
2: at the weekend. Scored two. Yeah, so he looked good. McAvoy, Man of the Match, unbelievable. Liam Williams. Every time he's played, he I looked think he's looked good. A brilliant player. Mate, he he was unbelievably good.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, Farrell was very very good in that the
1: battle bat- between Farrell and Cipriani. Any contest?
2: No contest, unfortunately. Um, I don't know if we've sp- spoken about Cipriani not making the England squad, but weirdly enough, Gloucester were, like had Cipriani playing at 12. Even though he had 10 on his back, they were putting him in at second receiver, and I think I know why. Ugh. They were just trying to get round Saracen's hinge
1: defence. Told- yeah. The funny thing is, this is what I told him earlier. <laughs> yeah, no, it's interesting. Gloucester going there, you actually you expected them to lose. It's just understanding the level now. They ain't challenging for the title. Because Saracens next are that much better than everyone else, but they are a team. Then one of the next teams that are pushing to be in that top four, and yeah, you know, they'll bounce back this weekend. I think they play Quins at home. Lost to do this weekend, um, so good luck to Quins because uh, it's not King's Home isn't a place that they do well at. I don't think. No. Well, they don't because they've won about three games and about fourteen years away from home. Quins have. So I like Guzzi because he's a good bloke. He's you know we've played with him. Great coach. Um, you can't fix overnight. The deficiencies that Queens have had for years, um, and that's away from home. They're soft. They've got a soft on the body. They're not physical enough defensively. They're porous,
2: and they've got a hierarchy of players. Let's speak frankly. Yep. Who aren't performing?
1: Uh, exactly. Yeah. You know, Danny Care played well at the weekend, but you look at the big names. They don't rock up like the Saracens England players rock up week in week out, and that's the difference. And that's you know that must be the most frustrating thing for Queens, at yeah. time, which is why I tweeted about it. Eddie Jones has picked the England squad on form. No, he ain't. This is what he says. I can only go by what Eddie says. Oh, I thought you were saying he's that. He picks the England squad on form, and he has picked. Exeter have had played four one four, 1 4, and they had three players in the squad. Harlequins played four one one, 1 1, lost three, six players in the squad. That ain't right. You is wrong, Eddie.
0: Yeah. we touched on Danny Cipriani not making the England squad. They're currently uh, in camp down in Bristol at the moment. What did you make of that decision, Cody?
1: Um, uh, ludicrous for me. Really? Uh The England squad selection now, when you sit there, Eddie Jones sits there, he makes it about himself. He said, oh, yeah, I'm picking uh, this on form, and Danny Cipriani's third or fourth choice. Eddie, he's played three games, and of the three games, this is when he announced the squad. He's now played four, obviously, but two man of the matches. What games has he been watching? And then he actually completely contradicts himself, Eddie Jones, because he says... Everyone talks about Danny Cipriani and he's called him Superman. He said, oh, you know, people, he makes these passes and everyone calls him Superman. But everyone calls George Ford the invisible man. And Eddie Jones says, I oh, go and watch all the games and, you know, fly half touches the ball, you know, maybe 20 times. I want to know what the player's doing for the other 39 minutes and 20 seconds that the ball's in play for. And he goes, and and you don't get that on TV. You don't get to see that on TV. That's why I go to the games. That's why I analyse all the players. He's always on his
2: phone at the games. Right.
1: And he said all that. And then he's gone, oh, John Mitchell's the uh, the new defence coach. But actually, he's going to watch all the He's going to stay in South Africa and he'll be able to watch all the games on TV and, <laughs> and last time. So it'll be fine. I'm sorry. Yeah! <laughs> if he's picking an England team to start against South Africa tomorrow, Owen Farrell, ain't playing 10. Owen Farrell's playing 12. Because who's going to play 12? But he said, oh, I want you. Know, I want to get reps into the boys. Well, if you're training Owen Farrell on one team as 10 and George Ford on the other team, who's playing 12? Because right now, i bet my mortgage if I had one <laughs> on Owen Farrell would start at 12 in the Autumn awesome Internationals if Eddie Jones picked his team today. The only person that doesn't think Danny Cipriani should be in the squad is Eddie Jones and he's saying it's on form. Well, why don't you just be honest with us and say, actually, I'm not picking him this time because it's a training camp and I've told him what to work on but, it is something to do with his character, or it is. Don't just come out with a, a lie or an excuse. To say
2: it. he's third or fourth best. So I'm yeah. thinking, right. I thought I got a chance he, if, he, if he's fourth, who the hell's third?
0: What about the John Mitchell angle? Because he used to coach Cyprien, didn't he? He did at sale.
2: Well, I remember that John Mitchell come out and said something about his defence or something, Goody. Oh, really? He did. Apparently, he said that his defence wasn't good enough. Um, and as we know, Mitchell's now the new defence coach. Question marks over him, not from me, but from many people, in terms of whether he's the right guy. But it, when he was coaching him, did he drop him? Did he drop him? I was, think he a, did. A, yeah. A, a, when he was ten. But you want guys to go in there and hit the ground running, don't you? Yeah. So the autumn series for England is a, a must-win. Th- three of the games you've got to hit the ground running with confidence, with guys ready to go. And you look at that squad. You you haven't got a group of guys that are confident. Where are the extra players? Where are they? I just need. I just, we just need Billy fit, please, Billy.
0: <laughs> Should we look at the rumours? You guys got any rumours floating around? Oh, there was
2: a couple. There was a couple. A guy with one of my favourite names ever. Nee. Nee. <laughs> Milner Scudder. to Leon. Really, Leon are good that would not
1: they? Yeah, consistently. Money. They, Cash got, they money. got loads of
2: money. Is that why? Cash money. I remember when Chabal was there with? Um, that was the Nalle, wasn't it? Yeah. Lillian Nalle. Lillian Nalle loved the cigarette. Did he? Yeah, he used to go to twos with him. And he, <laughs> I give it back with a name, so he had names. He started, I had twos. He had names. So Nehe Milner Scudder.
1: What do you call him? Murder Scudder. Murder Scudder. Murder Scudder.
2: Murder Scudder. There
1: was a big chat about Nathan Hughes over the last few days. So Di Young did a piece in the Daily Mail or was interviewed, and it was chatting about the salary cap and and he, he's out of contract at the end of the year, and he, he's gone in, and I think he wants a, a, a pay rise. Um, and Dai Young said he's had three pay rises since he came in 2013, so it was a bit of a stalemate now. From what I hear the, the numbers that Nathan's asking for, no premiership teams paying that.
2: Why? What's he asking um, for? I, I, I May we speak frankly here. What's I he asking? I don't for? I don't know What I, do you I, think I, he's I don't asking know numbers.
1: for? I reckon he's I reckon, I've got no idea, but I reckon he's asking for over half a mil. Okay. And
2: mate, that buy you all of Arsenal. <laughs>
1: Yeah, by cover. Yeah, I think so. So, die youngs a lot you know, the, the wage cap is the wage cap. If Nathan Hughes wants to go, I don't think another Premiership club have got the, the cash that he wants. So, there's chat of him going o- over to France. Um, that takes him out of the World Cup squad. So, I think Nathan's got to be understanding that is he, does he, he wants to go to the World Cup. He's currently Billy's head and shoulder above any other number eight in England, and Nathan Hughes is, is in the squad as next best.
0: Any other rumours floating around?
1: James O'Connor."
2: Mate, he looks a bit like you. flames. Good, good looking. Good looking. Straight out fat, <laughs> got, I've said he's it. Bit, he's fat? Oh, no. Just straight out fat. you a horrible man. I don't know what I said. So i follow him a bit on Instagram, see how he's getting on. He's into all this meditation and retreat stuff. But he looked a bit flabbery. Did he? Uh, apparently, he's looking at going back to Oz. Well, he was a that... superstar. There's other rumors around Colin Murray's New Deal. Worth wow. more than Sexton's. 700 bags. There you go. He's worth it. He is. i never back. seen him charge down. 700 get... yo-yos. So I've got another rumour. Got them. So Petrus Duplessis. Sarasen's, Scrum coach. Scrum coach at the Irish. Saracen's won him back as a player for this season. But London Irish are not letting him, not letting him get out of his contract. And London Irish are apparently pissed off, not just with him, but with other clubs trying to poach their players to cover for injuries and stuff like that. So I think they're blocking a the move for him to go there because it's over money. You can understand why London Irish
1: should be pissed yeah, off. And and the one person I blame in all of this is Jim Hamilton. Why? Because you signed a contract with London Irish and then went back on it, didn't you? No. But that's who, I mean, you, who hang else hang would do that?
2: Yeah. Well, I, I'm sorry that they got relegated because of me. I'm sorry about that. I didn't see it that way, but a lot of people like yourself see it, that if I would have went there, they wouldn't be in a relegation battle. now. but you walked out after pre-season because it was too hard.
0: <laughs> and they got relegated. <laughs> we got are horrible people. We too. are horrible, yeah. Well, should we have a look at some social media yeah. questions now? So, Ellie Baxter has tweeted in. Steve Diamond and sale. Is there a space for the old-style DOR in the modern game? Yeah, the whole... Steve Diamond think, people are
1: saying, oh, because Sailor Bottom, he's the problem. It's not that. They've got players that are injured, they lost a few last year, they're, they're trying to build something there. The Premiership's ultra-competitive, and Steve Diamond, I actually loved his interview after the game. know, He put his hands up and said, we, you know, we got taught a lesson by Wasps, um, and we're doing things on the training ground that perhaps the players aren't good enough or don't understand yet to do in a Premiership game. The job of a DOR, it's a new job. We're only talking professional rugby. It's been, what, 20-odd years, 22 years? Man, I
2: blame his dog. He brings his dog to training, mate. I blame his dog.
1: No, listen, that's it's just that's just sensationalism. By Casella bottom it must be Steve Diamond, but he owns part of the club, so good luck getting rid of him.
0: Apparently very astute businessman.
1: Yeah, very very clever bloke.
0: Yeah. Adam Kirk has tweeted in opinions on the Alex Stoop pass on the weekend for cock so. kok- and a sing-ga. thok
1: and a cock and a or as Ben Kay said last week cock and a seagull. easy <laughs> <laughs> easy mate why yeah. can't you just say that did you say it mate it easy hose- Jim <laughs> it's hosing down with rain it's a fluke Freddie Burns puts a little chip over how was well Freddie playing by the yeah. way? got a little bit of luck with a, I think it was Piers Francis couldn't take that the chip it's so five five. falls back into Freddie's hands beautiful basketball offload over the top to stook Stooke running at pace wonder pass when i say his at pace i mean his pace in torrential rain has thrown a 20 yarder over the top to Thocken a singer who has caught it without breaking stride and has got in in the corner what i want to know jim hamilton as a fellow second row to elliot stuke have you ever caught and passed the ball one and two if you have caught and passed it in your career which i can't remember you ever doing have you ever thrown a 20 yard pass like that Kenny Mall, that's a custom. <laughs> Never. Unbelievable. Never. Unbelievable ball by
0: Elliot Stook. Well finish things up with the good, the bad and the ugly, which is brought to you by Budgie Smuggler this week. Design your own custom smugglers in there. that's their big thing at the moment. Jim, what would you have on yours, mate?
2: Probably flames. Fire.
0: How about a little squirrel? I reckon you would have a little squirrel. <laughs> oh, here he is. What you have on yours? A hamburger? No, i <laughs> They do women's as well as men's, and they're ideal for on the pitch as well as hitting the showers and the ice baths afterwards. The minimum order is only one pair too, so get on to budgiesmuggleruk.com and pick up a pair.
1: Uh, we'll start off at Saracens, shall we? Because two or three bits of good things came out of Saracens. First of all, the performance. They looked pretty unbeatable, if we're being honest. But also two bits of news that came out of that game. Jamie George. His 200th game. Girth. I love Jamie George. I saw him with his top off after the game singing. I felt good about myself. I'm, I'm not in as a shape as him, and he's, he's an in international hooker. Um, his 200th game for the club, which is a phenomenal achievement, but also Richard Wigglesworth breaking the Premiership record. 266th appearance in the Premiership. is taken over from Steve Borthwick, uh, a man that you used to watch play a lot, didn't you, Jim, as well?
2: Yeah, that's right. Interestingly enough, Richard Wigglesworth's first game, he said, was when they won the final against yeah. Leicester. Yep. Who played in that and scored? Uh, Yours truly in the final that we lost. James Hamilton.
1: Thanks his name for that. Did, you, did no. you
2: start or? I was on the bench. Yeah, of course.
1: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> still scored. Still scored. And then talking of uh, in the Premiership appearance record, are you anywhere near the top top ten? Of course not, mate.
2: I no. was out on international duty the majority no. of the time.
0: Right, you goody. sit it where this is going? Or
2: yeah,
1: well, yeah. Oh, I'm ninth.
0: <laughs> oh sorry Goody where are you <laughs> you're ninth.
2: 236
1: games 236. how many I 180 uh, no 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 you were down at 135 oh that's well that's not real I think that's you were not... half half of me um, over to France Stade Francais they've started the season really well the Heineken-Mare effect he was at Leicester Le- Leicester got rid of him as a coach it's Paul O'Connell at Stade Francais Paul O'Connell one of the forwards coaches there wow. they beat Poe away this weekend and it's not often you see French teams win away Poe not Poe. a bad side either Poe or Poe, Poe. both Poe. of them Poe. Um, they've now played five Won four. Um, Wasps, first win at the AJ Bell Stadium. Bristols, we always like Bristols, don't we? Played in wet weather against Quins and changed their game a bit, did really well there to get a victory. um What else was good this week? Let's talk about the Southern Kings, shall we? It's their first win in the season and only their second win in the Pro 14 since they came in in 25 games and they beat Glasgow. But the good this week, realistically, has to go to my old club, Worcester Warriors. For winning at Welford Road, dominated in the way they did. Ted Hill is getting two tries on debut. No. The winning try as well. Never heard of him. Um, your mate played well as well, Donkey Weir. Scored a couple. Yeah. And for them, they were under pressure. With Bristol winning on Saturday, um, they're under pressure. Going to Elford Road, the resurgence after Jordan Murphy taking over. To go there, they were 37-11 up. And then Leicester scored. And, and George Ford, fair play to him, scored a wonderful try um, with a little bit of help from Luke Pearce, the referee. I see that. Uh, to bring them back level and Worcester... Got the winner, right? The death. So, uh, big, big ups to Worcester this week. They get the good, the bad. Where do we start? Let's talk about Leicester's defence, shall we? Leicester's defence. We spoke on it earlier. Conceded 158 points in four games. That was pretty bad. Hugo Moller over in France. Made 12 changes to his Toulouse team. Got absolutely hosed. 66-15 away at Montpellier.
2: Imagine that young Toulouse winger
1: up against oh. Nadalo. Nandolo. Uh, Nandolo. Oh, my days. That's the things nightmares are made of. Can you imagine? There you uh, go. Here's your debut. You're 18, 19 years of age. Tackle that 25 stoner. <laughs> <laughs> and powerful and quick 25 stoner. Who's on
2: up. the front foot all day. Yeah, exactly. Cheers, mate. Thanks for that.
1: Um, what else was bad over the weekend? Quinns. At Bristol's. Um, underperforming. Classic quins really over the last couple of years. Not great. Scottish teams, Jim, they were pretty bad, weren't they? Oh, mate, well Glasgow two lost tough games. Glasgow lost at the Southern Kings. Two tough games. The Southern Kings had only won one game well, in, 25, in 24 before. Well, they've been up tabletop mountain, yeah, mate. How do you expect them to win here? And the boss, Rennie, he said it's the worst game since he's arrived at the club. There you go. So the that's pretty bad. Edinburgh as well, spanked by Leinster. Robbed by the ref. They're bottom of Conference B in the Pro That'll 14. They'll be back. They'll be back. Uh, so that's pretty bad. But for me, the bad, and um, we're going back to some news at the end of last week. The bad, for me, is going to Eddie Jones this week for his selection of the England squad and his description. Trying to mug us off that he's picked it on form when he's picked players like Ashton, who hasn't played yet, and he's not picked someone like Cipriani. So you're not saying it's on form, Eddie. You're saying one thing, you're doing another. You're a liar. The bad this week goes to Eddie Jones and his England selection.
2: He's a liar and a manipulator.
1: And then the ugly. Well, back to one of my favourite subjects. And I don't like talking about it too much, but... Matthew Bastereau. Oh, what's oh. wrong with you? Matthew Bastereau. You hate well, him. He had his, uh, his disciplinary hearing last week by the LNR in France. And he, he's pretty much assaulted someone on the field. And he's got a five-week ban for that forearm smash to the back of the head. And hello, autumn internationals. when do they start? In six weeks. So the French Federation, the LNR, he should have been banned for five months, let alone <laughs> five weeks. So the ugly this week is the disparity between disciplinary hearings across the world punishment's handed out and basically Matthew Bastereau should have been banned for five months can't the IRB step in they should do Mm. World Rugby World Rugby I think personally have got to step in and actually all the disciplinary hearings should sit under their banner so what is it
0: Bastereau is the ugly
1: yeah the the ugly this week is Matthew Bastereau and the fact that he should have been banned for five months not five weeks Bastereau
0: thank you very much for listening don't just forget to subscribe follow us on Twitter don't forget to review us on iTunes as well and thanks to all of you who have signed up for the new Superfans monthly subscription service as well mm-hmm. there's still time to get involved so check out patreon.com forward slash the rugby pod for all the details if you're interested in getting extra content every month and being in with the chance to come into the studio and join us for a beer and watch how the show is recorded rugby pod
2: rugby pod 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 <laughs>